Hello, everybody. This is Seb's fiance, Shannon. Um, please excuse the voice this week. I actually have a cold that I am working on getting over, but I am doing the recommendation section for the podcast this week. Um, I recently watched a movie called Memoirs of a Geisha. Um, it's a movie set in the 1920s, um, and a Asian woman is sold um, to a home after her parents can no longer um, take care of her and the home trains her and turns her into a beautiful geisha and it, it explores the story of what a geisha is and what their role is um, but more personally her story and how you know this child that was sold thought she wasn't going to have a life you know she found life and she found love it's a really great movie um, it was released in 2005 um, and I highly recommend it so that's a recommendation session and now on to the podcast Thank you, Shannon, for that recommendation segment. I like that um, you record those for me. I appreciate it. And sorry you're having a cold right now. But listen, Huda Thunkers, now it's time for the main event. This is Season 2, Episode 27 of the Huda Thunkard podcast titled Icecraft Carrier. And, well, Huda Thunkers, I hope you like history because I have yet another World War, World War II episode for you. Today we talk about the story behind Project Habakkuk. That's when a Brit named Joffrey Pike thought it would be a good idea for the British Navy to make an aircraft carrier out of ice. Sounds crazy, I know. But that was the level of desperation that people were dealing with during World War II. Technology was taking off, yet they were faced with the largest scale war that mankind had ever seen. The world atmosphere during World War II was nuts. And that's why there are so many unbelievable stories to come out of it. A few episodes back, I talked about how the American military was funding the psychologist B.F. Skinner to train pigeons on how to guide missiles. Yeah, check it out. I think it's like two episodes ago. <clears throat> World War II is so insane that one time my buddies and I were playing Battlefield Five. It's a World War II game. My one friend made a comment on how the Nazis were so successful in their blitzkrieg across Europe because they were all given meth, like as in methamphetamine. That's why their attacks were so fast and they could fight for like 48 hours with no sleep, you know, inhuman feats. Another friend of mine laughed hysterically. He thought he was just joking, but we assured him that it is a fact. The Nazis weren't prescribed meth. They were given it like you would give a coworker a cup of coffee. It was They didn't even view it as that big of a thing. Um, a lot of people think Hitler was on meth too. I, that is how crazy World War II was. Now, this aircraft carrier made out of ice sounds crazy to us, but... <clears throat> Uh, <clears throat> but at the time, it made more sense. Britain is on an island roughly the size of the state of Michigan. Being an island country came with both benefits and drawbacks during World War II. They avoided land invasion from Germany in 1940 because they are an island nation, but that also means their imported goods all need to come by sea. So Hitler thought if he couldn't invade them outright, that he would cut off their supplies from the outside world. The Nazis had about 1,162 submarines, or U-boats as they were called. They targeted Allied supply ships. They used what was called the Wolfpack strategy, and it was very effective. The Brits weren't able to deploy their anti-submarine aircraft because the U-boats were smart enough to stay or to only engage far out at sea, too far for the aircraft of that day to reach. They didn't have enough fuel. So aircraft carriers were a good defense against U-boats. They could transport the anti-submarine planes to where the sub, the submarines were hiding, the U-boats were hiding. Unfortunately, with the mass production of tanks, planes, and handheld weapons, there wasn't enough steel to make more aircraft carriers back in Britain. So, introducing Joffrey Pike. Now, this is the guy behind the 
the aircraft carrier made of, made of ice. And let's his, his history is a bit interesting. Pike was an Orthodox Jew during or he was studying law at Pembroke College when World War I started. But he gave up his studies to become a war correspondent. He convinced the editor of the Daily Chronicle News to fund a trip to Deutschland in the year 1914. He wanted to get a better understanding of the German people at the time as they prepared for war with Russia. He traveled to Berlin with an American passport, you know, trying to be all sneaky, but it only took six days six days for the suspicious behavior to land him in prison. Uh, there he suffered harsh conditions for about 13 weeks, until he was able to escape. He, he was, you know, almost starved to death. He had pneumonia. It was terrible. He was able to make it back to Britain, and his tale of an escaped prisoner of war became popular among the British people. So he became a bit of a household name a little bit. And leading up to World War II, Pike was involved in a few projects against the Nazi party. He sent journalist spies to cities across Germany to interview citizens on how they felt about all the anti-Semitism. He was able to conduct a decent-sized poll and gathered some significant data, but Pike was never given the chance to present his findings to Hitler himself like he wanted to because, well, Hitler was invading, it was busy invading Nor Norway. <laughs> so once World War II was well underway, Pike set his sights on transporting troops in cold conditions. So Nazis went to Norway, Pike thought, well, let's see if I can help our troops destroy the Nazis in Norway. He was put on a team of scientists and engineers to design a reliable vehicle for transporting troops, troops through the snow. It was dubbed Operation Plow. I like pretty simple name in World War II. They had great name, great operation names in World War II. Pike helped design the M29 Weasel that was manufactured by the hundreds in America. And it was used to transport troops. It's I have a picture of it on the blog. It's it looks like a tank, but it's it's just a transport vehicle with like tank tracks um, to get through the snow. Pretty interesting. So when British was faced with the U-boat problem, Joffrey Pike was a likely candidate and to find an out of the box solution. You know to help. What are we going to do with the U-boat issue? We we have no imported goods coming in. The Americans are, you know, they're trying to bring us stuff, but they can't because of these U-boats. So in 1942, he envisioned a large iceberg set out at sea. He pictures the top of the iceberg caught, cut on a level line for a runway and the middle hollowed out for to store planes. Pike drew up a 232-page document to be sent in diplomatic bag to the Combined Operations Headquarters. He gave specific instructions that only Lord Mountbatten, if you watch The the Crown, Lord Mountbatten's on there. Uh, he's a pretty significant character from the royal family. <clears throat> Ad, he was admiral of the fleet, and he said only Lord Mountbatten should read these contents. Mountbatten, member of the royal family and royal navy officer, must have been impressed with the plans because he immediately shared them with Winston Churchill. If you don't already know who that is, he was the acting prime minister at the time of Britain. Now... Icebergs aren't really ideal for this. So it was a great idea, but not really. I mean, they're icebergs. They melt. At first, the iceberg aircraft carrier seemed like a lost cause. While ice was strong, it was also too brittle to hold up its own weight and easily lost shape under pressure. Ice could... Ice also melts, which required Bike to develop a complex cooling system that continuously pumped refrigerant throughout the carrier to keep it frozen. So it sounds like a lot of work. So... He and a team of scientists went to work combining wood chips and ice. That result, or the result was what they called piecrete. Now, piecrete is really interesting. And piecrete is much less likely to sink than regular ice. It also melts at a higher temperature and is much more structurally strong. Pike had gotten the idea from, of, for piecrete from an Austrian-American chemist, Hermann Mark, who was, you know, messing around with 
ice and what you could do with it. One of the Pike, one of Pike's collaborators, Mike Parrots, wrote there's a uh, quote from him: "Blocks of ice containing as little as four percent wood pulp were weight for weight as strong as concrete. In honor of the originator of the project, we called this reinforced ice piecrete. It's spelled P-Y-K." R-E-T-E. If you want to look it up, it's really cool. When we fired a rifle bullet into an upright block of pure ice, two feet square and one foot thick, the block shattered. In Piecrete, the bullet made a little crater and was embedded without doing any damage. End quote. As long as Piecrete stayed frozen, it was as good as concrete, which is pretty awesome. And it floated. Uh, you know, it floats. The British government was short on funds and resources thanks to the U-boats, so the thought was that it would be a lot cheaper to produce a Piecrete ship than a steel ship, you know, as a reference. One ton of ice takes less than 1% of energy to produce than one ton of steel. So a lot of different, you know, a lot of difference in energy production there. So Lord Mountbatten was sure Piecrete, the Piecrete idea would work. He presented the idea to generals, ministers, and even President Roosevelt of the United States of America. Once again, check out the blog. Tons of pictures on here, and they look absolutely, you know, really cool. I was going to say uh, BA. Project Habakkuk is what it was called. Although, in my opinion, it is my opinion that Icecraft Carrier, think about it, so the Aircraft Carrier, um, Icecraft Carrier, would have, <laughs> would have been the best name for it. The official name was Project Habakkuk, and here's why. Churchill approved the idea. He codenamed it Project Habakkuk, a reference to the biblical book of Habakkuk. And here's a quote from the the biblical book be utterly amazed for i am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told habakkuk 1 5 so the ship was supposed to, uh, that's such an awesome way to name it churchill's such a cool guy the ship was supposed to be 1.2 kilometers long that is over 13 football fields okay it's big aircraft carriers are always big but this was going to be even bigger and it was 180 meters across that's almost 600 feet they decided to build a Piecrete prototype in Patricia Lake, Alberta, Canada, to test the effectiveness on a large-scale model. And tons of pictures of it, what they were going to do. The prototype required a constant refrigeration system to keep cool. If the temperature of the, sh of the ship dropped below 3 degrees Fahrenheit, it would start to sag and lose shape. Although the Piecrete mixture made the prototype stronger than ice, it also required much more insulation. So, negative, less than negative... If it dropped below, wait, three degrees Fahrenheit. So, a neg and negating the one major advantage of Project Habakkuk, steel would still have to be used to insulate the carrier, which would have drained more resources and made it still more expensive. Plus, because of the sheer size of this behemoth, it would be slow and very hard to maneuver. Even though I didn't see it in any of my sources, I imagine they would only be able to use the craft in cold climates. Um, I mean, imagine taking a taking uh trying to sail the ice craft carrier to the bahamas like it just wouldn't work wood was also a short supply during the war and building a piecrete aircraft carrier would have negatively impacted paper production which the british needed at the time at the beginning of the war they were cranking out propaganda pamphlets and dropping them all over europe project habakkuk was great in theory but terrible in practice the british turned their attention to more practical projects what remains of the prototype still still lies at the bottom of Patricia Lake, along with an informational plaque, um, thanks to uh, the Alberta Diving Council. So uh, there's an underwater plaque, which I thought was really cool. The idea of enormous icecraft carrier is really cool to think about, but terribly impractical. And thank goodness they never went through with it. Could you imagine working in a place where it never could get above three degrees Fahrenheit? That's negative 16 degrees Celsius, uh, in case you needed to know. But 
imagine it couldn't get any like it's way below f freezing it couldn't get any warmer than that or else you're you're in danger of dying the ship you were in was gonna crumble so it's nuts but i thought it was interesting they made this they tried to make this giant ship that's how desperate they were out of ice and wood pulp and let me talk on the blog blog i put on and on facebook i posted a video of a guy who he fix he cleans out ears for a living that's what he does and he was talking about how this ear wax mixed with dead skin and ear hair made the wax really dense and hard for him to get out of the ear and then he brought up the fact he said it's sort of like piecrete and how they try to make the ship so i'm a, i'm obsessed with these ear cleaning videos and when he was talking about it i thought oh i gotta research this i did it was like i'm gonna make a short episode of it so check out the video like i said i posted on facebook but it's also on the uh, blog post um and it's some people find it gross like if you're someone who likes dr pimple popper like me it's great it's super satisfying to see this guy help these people and clean out their ears um but my some of my family members are like that's disgusting but anyway check it out Thanks for listening, Huda Thunkers, to this odd, crazy story from World War II where they tried to make an aircraft carrier out of ice and wood chips. <laughs> and they came really close. Like, Winston Churchill approved it. Lord Mountbatten was, like, backing it. It was it was going to happen. But then, you know, nuclear bombs were invented, and they were like, we, we should probably focus on something else. But anyway, thanks for listening, um, and tune in next week. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Till next time, guys.